It's Thursday. It's time for another travel log. If you are, let's see here, if you are in Colorado and you're sitting at your desk, kind of trying to get some work done, could be schoolwork, could be work work, could be applying for jobs, don't know. And, uh, and it's difficult because you keep looking outside your window, you see in the mountains, you're going, man, I don't want to be in here. Man, it's okay. you got a good view. If you are in Wales, let's say you're in the north of Wales, somewhere near Wrexham, right? And you're doing the same thing. You're trying to get some stuff done. You know, you just come home from work. I've got to get some stuff done. You're looking out your window. Oh, well, it's Wrexham, admittedly. I used to live near there, so I can say that. <laughs> and you're thinking, man, I should be out there. Take it easy, man. You're in Wrexham. It's a nice place. Well, North Wales is a nice place. Wrexham, you know. <laughs> I got nothing against Wrexham. It's cool. Then I'd invite you to join me. I am. I don't actually know where I am. I'm somewhere on the west coast of Portugal in a place called São Lourenço. There you go. <laughs> I'm next to a beach. I can see it actually from this window. I'm in an Airbnb, obviously, because I always am when I do these. And uh, I can see it from the window of the beach. And the I think it's apparently like a really big surfing beach. And you can see why. These waves are ridiculous. And it's, it's like a sh really short beach, but it's like the waves are crazy, man. But it seems pretty popular. But that's where I am, somewhere in Portugal, like an hour northwest of Lisbon. There you go. So, hi, how you doing? Gloria, for those of you that don't know Gloria, the motorcycle that I'm doing this journey on, every country in mainland Europe, four down, 39 to go. And so Gloria, she, uh, she went to the doctors. <laughs> she, I wish my doctors was a Harley dealership, but she went into the doctors, you know, because ever since I've had her, she's coughed, you know, I felt bad, she's coughed. When you're on low revs, you know, already getting into motorcycle talk, alienating a good 90% of the audience. It's fine. It's fine. We can go with it. We can do this. We'll power through. So <laughs> she had to have her carb rejetted and uh, the actual, the jets are a bit too big instead of too small. I was wrong in my estimations, but, and she had the, oh, it's like an entirely new carb now. It's amazing. Anyway, she's back on the road and she's glorious. It did cost 280 bucks, but there you go. She's back on the road and she's glorious and we're loving it. So last time I talked to you, I was with old Sean, old Shawnee Whitehead, old Shane, Shane McGowan. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, and he left, he left Lisbon. We had a week together or so and it was, it was really fun, man. <laughs> We walked so much. Like there'll be a video soon. I actually just did the sound for it, and uh, you know, putting on some music and stuff like that. It's an amazing video, man. That that guy. I don't know. He's got me thinking about doing YouTube videos again. You know, because that guy's videos are amazing. Check out his channel. Uh, if you go onto actually, if you go to my Instagram, Backpack Digital, and then the picture with the people in in Carnival, the amazing picture, I should say. Uh, it, that's got him tagged in it. Head on over to there and you can see his YouTube channel. It's like, it's him traveling and his travels are amazing. And if you listen to his story back on season two, then he talks about John. John also features in the videos. John is, a, is uh, nothing can be said about John. He's, he's one of a kind, man. So check that out. What I'm going to talk about today is, because... <laughs> Not very little, but not much has happened in the past week. So basically, Sean, Sean left, and then I kind of stuck around Lisbon for a bit, did some work, hung out with some people, and then came over here. And then today, I've been doing some work again because we've got some new clients and stuff. So you know what I mean? It's like not every week is a, is a golden. So there you go. <laughs> so what I'm going to talk about today are fears, as you may know from the title, actually. I say that like you haven't already read it, but travel fears, right? Because I've been talking to a few people. And like, it's, it, I don't know, people always ask about fears. Like, oh, what about this? Or what, what if this happens? Or aren't you scared of that? And this is what people always say to me. Like, oh, you know, aren't you worried that it's like, uh, this is a prime example. So Sean said that he, like, he thinks it's crazy that I would like wild camp, like in a forest or like by a river or something. And he said he'd never do that. He said it'd, it'd be too worried that people would come and just jack all his stuff and knife him and that'd be it. And it's like, I can understand that. 
but it's it's not a fear I have. So I thought I I, th I think about it. I thought that I would think about it. There you go, <laughs> about what my what my travel fears are, right? And so I was thinking about this, right? And I was writing them down, and I was thinking, hold on, these these aren't the fears that that I've heard people talk about before. They seem different. So I thought I'd have a look at what are some common travel fears, right? And I looked at these lists, right? You know, those lists that people do. Seven travel fears, you know, 13 ways to get a flat stomach, you know? Anyway, so I looked at these lists and it's like, man, I, none of these apply to me. And so I thought, what I'm going to do is I'm first going to go through these common travel fears that you may have and that people you know may have and that apparently a lot of people do have. And then, and then I don't know, I'm just going to talk about them, think about them and think about why I, why I don't have them. Maybe that will help if you do. <laughs> who knows so let's get into it right the first travel fear that i read about is traveling alone now a lot of people actually bring this up to me you know it's like yeah i want to travel but like i don't know about traveling alone and and i don't know see this may happen a lot in this list but i've never understood it <laughs> maybe i'm wired differently but like i've talked about this a lot on the show you guys are probably bored of hearing this right but like I think, I think it's like the essence of travel. I think you find the essence of travel when you do travel alone, right? Because like I've said before, and I really hope I coined this phrase, but it's like you're a different person. It's not even a phrase, but you're a different person when you're with your grandma to who, who you are when you're with like your best friend of 10 years. You know what I mean? Like you talk differently, you have different references, you're a different person. So, so that begs the question, who are you? when you're by yourself because not only do the people you're around change who you are but the place i'm a different person when i'm in england especially around my family than when i'm in india for example like the guy i am in india in england like i don't know how that would be i don't know how that would work and it's not like it's not like you change your personality it's just i don't know man it's strange like when it's like when i'm with my brother it's crazy. Well, oh man, I'm getting off into the weeds here. But when I'm when I'm with my brother, he's a proper proper tradesman. You know what I mean? He's he's a proper tradesman. And like, I'm trying to think of things we would say, but like, yeah, it's it's oh man, I'm just laughing to myself here and not even saying anything. But yeah, so I'm a different person then. So it's like, who are you when you're alone and in a completely new place where you know no one? Surely you're the most authentic version of yourself right and it's like i can understand if you have a partner i can understand that like i don't know why you travel alone if you have a but then again like i can understand why you travel alone even if you had a partner because it's not like it's not like you have to travel with your partner you know like you can have those separate journeys and maybe you're going on a on a you know three week camping trip in the arctic and maybe your partner isn't a fan of that but you still really want to do it you should definitely obviously still go do it right but traveling alone i don't know i've never understood it <laughs> because the thing is you're not alone this is this is the the thing about it you're not alone when you travel this as soon as you book into a hostel if you go into a hostel or wherever as soon as you walk out into the street you're not alone as soon as you talk to that first person you have a friend and you're no longer alone but you're still the most authentic version of you because they don't know who you are yet <laughs> you know what i mean so there you go <laughs> second one the second one is disaster so like if you're in some crazy place and like some terrorist attack or something happens so, oh, now I've said the word terrorist. Do you reckon there's like, you know, government people listening to this podcast who's been flagged in their listening? Hi, by the way, if you are. You're doing, you're doing, I was going to say you're doing good work, but I don't know what work you're doing. But uh, yeah, hi. All those searches on my phone, they weren't me, by the way. They were, so, someone stole my phone, searched for some weird stuff, and then, <laughs> anyway, so disasters while you're traveling this is something that has literally never crossed my mind like it's never it's never come up for me like what if i'm in berlin and something terrible happens it's like the it just purely the odds it's the same reason that being struck by lightning hasn't occurred in my mind it seems this is going to get not political but like it seems like the likelihood is higher because of how much it's represented in the media that's what i think these are my opinions i think that it's represented quite highly and like man do i talk about this stuff i guess it's like i was listening to this thing the other day and it was saying about about like 
stuff like this, about bad stuff that happens, that no one wants to happen, right? And someone said that they saw a, a paid ad, right, from a news station or channel, I don't know what they're called, and can you tell I don't watch TV? And it was a paid ad about this thing, which means that if they're paying out money for it, they must be making a return on their investment. Do you see what I'm saying? Anyway, <laughs> why am I talking about this? So that's never crossed my mind. I don't know. I guess, I don't know. If that is a fear of yours, I would, I don't know, look at the statistics, you know, of the place that you're going and see, and like go mathematic, you know, go into what are literally the odds of it happening. That would be my advice. Right. Number three. <laughs> Number three is flying. This is an interesting one because I did used to have a fear of flying, right? So I don't know whether I've talked, I think I've talked about it in the past, but like I used to have a big uh, like anxiety problem, right? So it's getting, it's getting real on this episode, man. So I used to have an anxiety problem and like a lot of people say, oh yeah, I have problems with anxiety and I, you know, I understand what they mean, but like uh, I had, I guess I had like a panic disorder, I suppose. They, they, they said they, they said it was a generalized anxiety disorder. And I was like, wow, that sounds quite generalized. They're like, yeah. And so they were like, take these drugs. I was like, no. <laughs> and so, yeah, what would happen is for a good, like, I remember one summer or for a good period of six months or something, like I, I couldn't, I used the word couldn't in, in, you know, inverted commas, but I couldn't leave the one room, you know? And so, because I would wake up in the morning and immediately be on the edge of a panic attack, right? Right on the edge of it, right? And it, it feels horrible. If you've been there before, it's, it's horrible because you're right on the edge, man. And it's like you're standing on the edge of a cliff, you know, and you've got that, that thing where you're like, oh, I kind of want to jump. <laughs> and you get that horrible feeling. It was like, wake up with that. And that would stay until I would eventually get to sleep later that night, right? So included with this affliction was uh, the inability to or perceived inability to be in cars in trains in buses in taxis and especially planes right because <laughs> it was like the it's like a claustrophobia right it's like that right and so and so i still i still kind of because you never really get over it and i still kind of had this when i took a 24-hour flight to australia right and uh <laughs> and so I was reading about it beforehand. This might help people with fear of flying, which is probably a fair few of you, right? So I was reading about it. And it was it was saying that whatever I was reading was saying the same things as getting over anxiety in general, right? Which is you're creating a circle, right? Now, on one end of the circle is fear. It's not really a circle, but you pretend that it is. It's fear. And the other side is anxiety. And the fear fuels the anxiety because you're, oh, no, I'm going to have, I'm going to be anxious, you know. And then that obviously induces the anxiety. Then the anxiety, after the anxiety is done, you go, oh, no, back to fear, right? Because you know what it's like and you've just experienced it, right? So you have to break the circle. Now, the anxiety is a reaction, so you can't change that. The fear feels like a reaction, but it's actually a choice, right? So... You have to get rid of the fear. Well, again, why am I talking about this? This is kind of, yeah, this works for fear of flying. There you go. So, <laughs> so the, the fear is what you have to take away, right? And the easiest way to do that, everyone knows the way to take away a fear is to face it head on, right? Now, I did this way back when with anxiety. It's like as soon as you feel a panic attack coming, you not only allow it, but you invite it. You say, yes, I, I know that I'm fine, right? I know that nothing will happen because I know I have this anxiety stuff, right? But I'm inviting this. I'm inviting this panic, this anxiety. And as soon as you invite it, and as soon as you, you try and go with it, it subsides. So this works with flying too. So as soon as you get on the plane, now this sounds horrible, but it's true. As soon as you get on the plane, right? And as soon as, or when it's taken off, or whenever, you, you know, your trigger is, for want of a better word, right? If you then induce a panic attack, I did this on the flight to Australia. If you induce one, right? It will suck. <laughs> it will suck a lot for a good, I don't know, it could be anywhere from a minute to 10 minutes to half an hour to whatever. But then as soon as it fades, which it will, you're absolutely fine because you have no fear anymore because you know nothing will happen. Because your fears are like, oh no, I'm going to freak out and everyone's going to look at me or whatever. As soon as you know that's not going to happen, you have no fear. Because you have no fear, you've broken the circle. There you go. Ready. <laughs> The fourth one, language barriers, 
Right. Now, me and Sean actually talked about this last week. I love language barriers because, <laughs> because it allows you to expand your mind. I don't like language barriers. I wouldn't like language barriers if I wasn't open to learning, right? But because I am open to learning, I like to go to a new country where I don't know the language. And the first thing I do is I learn the numbers one to a billion, which sounds ridiculous, but it's only like 13 words if you think about it, because you've got teens and then it follows patterns, you know? So like, you know, just learn that nice and easy. Learn, please. Thank you. You know, learn all the stuff and then you get to use it and then you get to use these new words that you've learned and then you, you progress and it's fun, man. I love it. I love it. So language barriers, have, they've never been a fear of mine, you know, like, I don't know. I can't understand why they, why they would be apart from reluctance to learn. Maybe, I don't know, unless you're like stranded on the side of the road, but even then it's pretty obvious what's going down. You know what I mean? And you can you can mime your way out of a lot of things, right? <laughs> Number five, foods. What happens if the food is weird? <laughs> I've been to countries where the food is, well, weird is a strange word, different to, I suppose, what you're used to. But, man, for a lot of people, that's the joy of travel. <laughs> that's like, man, trying new foods, for me it's not, but trying new foods and like in the local cuisine and stuff, that's the joy, man. That's like differences, like... I understand how differences can, can trigger fear in a sense, but surely that's a good thing. Surely that's a good thing, you know? And it's like, what if I can't eat what I regularly eat? Well, good. <laughs> if you're in a different place, maybe you're not going to do what you normally do. Maybe you're on vacation. If you're on vacation, why would you do what you normally do? You know what I'm saying? So there you go. Number six, being robbed. Being robbed has never been a fear of mine. <laughs> Why? Let's think. Why has that never been a fear of mine? I suppose because everything I have, aside from this, there's two things that I have on me now that I would not like to be robbed. <laughs> and that's, I have pictures of my parents from back in the 70s. And I'd go on my, again, it, it seems like I'm shilling my Instagram, but Backpack Digital, that I laid them out and took a picture. It's badass, right? And so those pictures, they're Polaroids. They're literally from the 70s. I do not want them robbed. I don't know why I brought them. Right? So I don't want them robbed. So I keep that bag with me everywhere. And it's like, I, it's not like I'm scared of being robbed. It's just, I'd rather it not happen, but I'm not, I'm never thinking about it apart from like, I'm going to lock this bag up, you know? Then the the other thing is a lighter from my brother. He got it when he was 16 and like used it to death and it, he gave it to me before I left. So that's this, a similar thing. But aside from that, everything else I have can be robbed. That That's absolutely fine. It's like if my, like my, my computer, my MacBook is my livelihood. That's literally how I make money. But if it got robbed, I'll figure out a way to get another one or to, you know, I'll do all my work at a, uh, at a, internet cafe i'll download logic pro x on their on, on their systems you know what i mean i'd sort it out and it'd be fine and then you know i'd just get a new one it's okay it's fine but i guess being like being robbed at gunpoint you know what i mean that's maybe that's what their fear is maybe that's their fear being uh, being robbed at gunpoint or something like that you know knife point whatever anything point you know fist point you know angry look point but <laughs> If anyone's robbed someone with angry look point, then good on them, man. So, so yeah, like, that's another one of those things that kind of goes into my, goes into my, it's probably going to be fine pile. Cause it's like, yeah, just, just hand over your stuff. Like that's probably the move, isn't it? You know, you could try your hand at some arm to arm, you know, hand to hand combat, but you know, give over your stuff and then you'll figure it out. But also, it's also in the, this will make an amazing story pile. <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't have a lot of these fears, because of the bad stuff that happens, I see as good stuff, <laughs> because I love stories. So it's like, if I was robbed at gunpoint, it's like, right, if it was gunpoint, you know, if it was angry look point, I might try my hand to hand to hand combat, you know, I might give it a go. But <laughs> if it was gunpoint or something like that, you'd hand it over, you'd go, yeah, sweet, good on you, man, have a good day, see you later. And you'd walk off. And then you'd immediately call someone and get mate. You'd never guess what just happened to me. <laughs> you know? So it's uh, that's never been a fear of mine either, right? Number seven, getting lost. These sound like they're written for me to disagree with them, right? <laughs> you already know what I'm going to say. Getting lost is the fun, man. Getting lost is the whole part of it. Like, And it's also a good story. Because like, uh, what if you're trying to find your hotel? So I'm trying to get into the mind of these people, right? But I imagine it's getting lost. I imagine it's like... 
you get into, say, like you land into Ho Chi Minh City or something, or Hanoi. I don't know why I'm thinking of Vietnam. But then you can't find your hotel, and then it's getting dark, and you go, oh, no, we can't find a hotel. Like, I don't understand that. Just book yourself into a hostel for the night <laughs> and find it tomorrow. Or keep looking and have an adventure the entire night. You know those adventures you used to have when you were like 15 years old and you'd go out with your friends out into the countryside and you'd go, you know, find a house party and then you'd do something crazy and then get banished from the house party and then you'd have to leave and try and walk home and it's like three o'clock in the morning, you're still kind of drunk and then you got to, you know, sleep at a bus stop. <laughs> Genuinely happened, by the way. It was in Stafford. And, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, <laughs> what was my point? <laughs> Yeah, man, those things are fun. That's what it's about. Like, how much of a better day is that? How much of a better story is that? How much of a better time of your life is that? Is going, oh, no, we can't find a hotel. And then just walking around Hanoi until the morning time, just getting kind of more delirious because you're kind of sleepy. And then, like, finding all these amazing things in Hanoi, meeting some crazy people out at nighttime. And then just the next day going, man, that day was actually crazy all that nighttime. How much of a better day is that? Then finding your hotel, getting in your hotel, having a shower, you know, maybe putting your clothes in the wardrobe, going out for a nice meal, you know. <laughs> Sounds boring to me. Right. <laughs> and the final one that I found is getting injured. Getting injured. That is, I suppose that's, a, that's like literally a fear that's built into everyone. You know, if you have limbs, then uh, apologies if you don't have limbs, by the way. And uh, I didn't I didn't think I'd ever have to have that disclaimer. But yeah, so <laughs> I guess that's built into everyone. The fear of getting injured. No one wants to get injured. But I don't know. Like, OK, so I know it's not really a big injury, but like that cut I had, uh, like when I cut my finger open and it like spewed out everywhere. And then and then I had to get stitches and all that stuff that happened in France. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking of the after effects because like, I didn't. It's in my. It's ingrained in my family not to really care about injuries. Anyway, that's a strange thing in my family. We just put like gaffer tape around it and then forget about it. But like, I don't know. I don't think you can be scared of. Like, I don't know. It's like a fear that in, that is like I said that is ingrained. But how much do you think about it? You know, it's like I don't know. I guess if you're there you go i'm just i'm just looking at the bike outside the window i guess if you're planning on a motorcycle trip the fear of getting injured is kind of like the fear of falling off the bike obviously and yeah that's fear that's it's like something that could happen but you don't really think about it too much apart from that guy's definitely going to pull out and i'm going to crash into his car so i better slow down or you know what i mean it's like you take those things into account and you ride sensibly but it's not really a fear i suppose I don't know. I don't know. That's a weird one. So let's get into, now I've talked about the fears that I don't have, that people seem to. Let me know if you have any of these fears that I just, that I just went through, by the way, because I'd like to hear your side of it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. It's entirely possible and extremely likely. So my travel fears, what are my travel fears? Now I've got a list of seven here. I'm going to try and remember what I meant by my shorthand notes. So the first one, alone time. That sounds weird, a fear of alone time. But what I, I think what I meant by that is, for example, I was at an Airbnb, as I always am. I've got about 15 billion uh, reviews now. All five star, obviously. I'm clean. I'm clean. That's what, that's what it is. Hayden's very clean. That's all it is. You know, is he a nice guy? Don't know. Never even talked to him. He's very clean, though. All right. <laughs> So I was at an Airbnb and these people were super nice, super nice. It's a Brazilian couple, amazing, amazing people. The only problem was I had a whole day or like two days of work to do, right? So like I like to spend a couple of days just boshing out the work so I can have, you know, have good times the rest of the week. So I went into an Airbnb because most of the time it's just like they hand you the key and they go, there you go, mate. And you never see them again. But this time these people were so cool and they wanted to hang out, but I had work to do. And so I was just there all day, literally all day doing work. And like, I have this thing of like, I don't know, I feel antisocial in a sense. And I feel like, what is it? I don't like that feeling that, it, in fact, the same is happening where I am to, today because I was doing some work today and I got a message of the person that lives here and it's kind of like a hostel, but it's kind of not, it's like an Airbnb. And they were like, yeah, we're going out for lunch at three o'clock. You coming? I'm like, oh man, I, you know, I've got work to do. And like, it's that feeling of like, 
they're there thinking, oh man, he's just in there, in there doing work all day. And I don't know, it's something weird. Is it how I'm perceived? Is it a fear of how I'm perceived? That doesn't sound like me. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it's fear of missing out. I don't know. I don't know. Help me unpack that one. That's a bit weird. Right, I'm going to move on to number two. <laughs> number two is ah, authenticity. Authenticity. Good word. So, for example, let's say, for example, on the podcast, right, that you're currently listening to. On the podcast, it's kind of like, it's weird because it's like a duality, right? Because I am, I, like, I am completely authentic. Like, this is me that you're, that you're talking to, I suppose, that I'm talking to you and, you know, this is me. This is what I'm like, right? But, like, my fears are that, that I don't know, this, I guess it's not a travel fear, but it's a fear in life in general. But it's like not being authentic. I would, I would hate to not be me. I would, hate to, I would hate to look at myself one day and think, ooh, that's your being someone else you're not being you like something's something's happened or you're trying to impress someone or anything like that and you're not being yourself you know it's like so on the podcast for example it's like there's a like i said it's like a duality because i don't know like i am kind i should be this is where i should be i should be working on a building site i should be a tradesman i should be saying things like a up mucker you know what i mean <laughs> And that's where I should be. Should, I'm using the word should weirdly, right? But that's not where I am. So it's like, which one is the authentic me? Is the authentic me, me that's here now in Portugal by this beach, looking at these waves, talking into this mic, talking to thousands of people about travel? Is that me? Like thinking about these philosophical things? Or is the me, or is the real me, the one that should be on a building site? Do, making hilarious jokes <laughs> with other tradesmen and like and you know going home and doing stuff you know what i mean these are things i think about and i like am i being true to my roots or do 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 your roots matter these are all questions that obviously i it, i don't as you can tell i don't have the answers to but it's like it's something i think about so for example on this podcast right so i remember i remember starting it and i was about three episodes in something like that and I was thinking, ah, is this, am I being true? Like, is this, uh, um, you know, am I just getting on the mic and going, hey, welcome to Travel Stories Podcast, uh, you know, and it's just not me, or am I being me? And then the, the, the kind of experiment I did was like, well, is it the way I talk in real life? Now, the way I talk in real life, <laughs> real life, the way I talk is I, <laughs> let me, what's the best way to say this? I use a lot of profanity. Like I said, I'm a working class kind of should should be tradesman. So I use a hell of a lot of profanity, right? As you notice, I don't on this podcast. Now, what happened was after like the third episode, I got this um, this email or something from a listener, and it was this elderly woman, right? Elderly woman. I can't remember her name. I'm sorry if you still listen. But it was this elderly woman. She was saying, "Oh man, I love your podcast. I love to travel." And she, it was you know all this praise from this elderly woman. And so since then. I was kind of thinking like, yeah, the the me in more, you know, when I'm talking to my mates, I, I swear a lot more, right? This is just, this is literally just a swearing thing. And like, I swear a lot more, but every, every time I thought about that within the podcast context, I could just hear, or I could just see that woman with her headphones in thinking, oh, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just tune into Travel Stories podcast. That Hayden is a delight. And he's so clean. And... <laughs> She's been reading my Airbnb reviews, you see. And it's like, I can just <laughs> I can just imagine thinking, oh, no, oh, this isn't what I wanted at all. You know, <laughs> so that's the reason I don't uh, use profanity on this podcast. It's nothing like not being authentic. But that is still a fear of mine, that, that, that traveling and meeting new people, well, not so much meeting new people, but having these thoughts and doing all these things will make me stray from my roots and not an authentic version of me. That's a fear of mine, however convoluted it may be. <laughs> number three, this is the biggest fear of all. This is the, this is the number one fear that I fight daily. <laughs> Being cold. Man, seriously, this is my number one fear of all time. It's always been my number one fear. <laughs> like, I could be on my way to Madrid now, but here it's like 17, 18 degrees. In Madrid, it's 10. 
and I should be on my way there now, <laughs> really, because <laughs> like, I've got to go to April for like my mom's coming. Uh, got to go to Italy rather in April, so I should be on my way. But it's cold, and that is my biggest fear. And with travel, especially camping, it's not a good fear to have, man. I fight this daily. Like I'm always looking at the weather, like ah, oh, it's only 13 for me. If it was 40 degrees, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. If it, that's like 105 or something, if it was that all day every day, yes, sign me up, man. I could deal. I could deal with that. But if it dips below 15 Celsius, that I'm done, man. I'm done. So being cold, that's the the biggest one on here. And the easiest to talk about. There you go. Number four. I'm going to take a breath for a second. How are you guys doing? Hope you're having a good Thursday. I'm out of breath. I've got to do some running or something. Number four. Mediocrity. Now, I've said this on a couple of podcasts that I've guested on before. And, it's, you know, people always say, what's your biggest fear? And like, I don't want to say being cold, you know. So one of my biggest fears is mediocrity, right? And I talked about this a little bit in the episode, the previous episode with Sean, right? And it's like I, I always have this picture in my mind of me as a 90-year-old man. I'm optimistic. I'll make it to 90. At this ni- as this 90-year-old man, just like, just there, talking to myself, myself now, right? It's like a back to the future thing, right? saying, man, like, what did you do? Like, you didn't do any of the stuff that we wanted. You just led the life that everyone else led and everyone else wanted you to lead and the powers that be wanted you to lead. You've wasted this time. You had, uh, you know, I don't want to get, I don't know what the word is, but you've had this gift of life and you've wasted it. And I don't want that for myself. And so this guy, old me, right? <laughs> old me who's there in his hospital bed, you know, still kind of <laughs> still kind of smirking, smiling and flirting with the nurses, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> old me's there and he's like, dude, don't mess us up, you know? And so I'm always, I'm always in a constant battle against him. That's what my life is. That's what... That's what everything I do is based on, right? It's my constant battle between that guy because that guy is someone that I hope never exists, right? And this this fear is this fear is bigger than the fear of, for example, like so I'm on a bike going around the whole of Europe. If I'm 28 now, if I came off the bike and that was it, you know, go over a bridge or something and like fall off the bridge and then plummet to my doom, so be it, man. Like that is that is less of a fear than one day meeting this fella and becoming him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is how big this fear is. I, I do not want to turn into that guy. And because when you see, when, say for example, the elderly, when you see the, for example, it is the elderly. So when you see the elderly and the most, the hardest thing to see in them is like, because man, I don't like seeing elderly people in trouble or ill or hurt or anything like that. There was a time when I broke my foot like a few years ago, me and my sister at the hospital. And uh, this elderly woman was wheeled in on a, on a bed like, and she was just there and you could just see the lack of hope in her eyes. And Man, it killed me. So I hate seeing that. But like the worst thing you can see, in my opinion, the most troubling thing to see, the hardest thing to see is regret. When you see regret in an old person's eyes, man, that is a killer, man. So that is somewhere I do not want to end up. And it's obviously I'm not bashing those guys that didn't that didn't do that. There's a lot of forces at work to to make it so that you don't so that you don't fight this mediocrity. There's a lot of forces at work to make you enter the mediocrity, to make you fulfill this mediocrity. So I you know, it's not it's not their fault. <laughs> I understand that. But yeah, that is probably the biggest fear, to be honest, apart from being cold. Anyway, so number <laughs> number five is limiting myself, right? Now, this is specifically limiting myself due to my mindset, right? So the mindset I have, as you may know now, is like I like to travel. I like to, I like to be a traveler, not so much a tourist, right? I, you, you probably won't see me at the bottom of the Eiffel Tower. You, probably, you know what I mean? It's like those things, they don't... They don't interest me, right? They don't interest me. But in the same way, I don't want to be all the way on the other side because like a lot of other things, the answer sometimes lies in the middle. So I don't want to be all the way on the other side where it's like, yeah, no, I won't go see that. You know, so for example, in Italy, I really want to go see the Colosseum. Now, 
I know how that sounds. That sounds like a very touristy thing to do, right? Man, you've changed. But I want to go see the Colosseum because the thing I like is history. And man, there's a lot of hit. <laughs> Most ridiculous sentence ever. There's a lot of history at the Colosseum. <laughs> but I want to go see it. And so I'm not going to limit myself. I'm not going to limit myself because it's against my philosophies and grandiose terms like that. It's against my mindset. It's not what I should do. So I don't want to limit myself to not seeing these touristy things, you know? Maybe you go, like maybe the Eiffel Tower is badass. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> maybe going to the top of it, throwing off a little penny, even though you're not meant to, maybe that's pretty cool. <laughs> You know, and I don't want to limit myself by going, nah, it's not for me. I'm above that, <laughs> you know. So that fear is always there of like, you know, uh, so I was just leaving Lisbon. And they, ah, did you go see the thing? I'm like, no, I didn't go see the thing. And they're like, oh, man, the thing is amazing. I don't know what the thing was. And that, the thing is amazing. I'm like, damn, maybe the thing is amazing, you know. So that's always a fear of mine. Am I missing out? It's, it's FOMO, man, to use a 2018 word, even though it's like a 2016 word. It's the fear of missing out, man. So I guess that's a fear in itself. There you go. Number, where are we? Come on, eyes, you can do this. Number six, missing things due to not planning. There's some strange shorthand over in there. But as you know, this is another thing of my, my way of traveling. But as you know, I'm not a planner, right? I don't plan. So, like, where I am now is just because I went northwest, you know. But because I went northwest, like, I, I know, actually, that I missed out on a place that I can't remember the name of, which is the most western point in Europe, somewhere in Portugal, down south of where I am. And I've missed it now. I can go back easily, right? But, but I missed it because I didn't plan to go there. I just, you know, set the compass, go that way. So, like, I missed that. And that's always a fear of mine. It's like, you know, if I if I have no plans and I don't plan to go see anything, maybe I'm going to miss something, you know? If I go up through through Spain, which I'm going to, I'm going to go to Madrid and then up towards Andorra, I'll miss San Sebastian, right? That's the most English way of saying that ever. But, <laughs> but I know I'm going to miss that. And I guess that's planning, but, but like, I know I'm going to miss that. And it's like... That could be really cool. And it's it's that same thing, man, if I want to do everything in the world, nothing is off limits. I want to do literally everything you can think of, even the craziest stuff. Man, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to find out what everything is like because, I'm going into this again, but because I don't want to meet that bloke. I need to give him a name. Uh, or Elder me, I suppose. I don't want to meet that bloke, so I want to do everything. Everything you can think of, I want to do. And I want to see everything too. This is why I travel. I want to see everything. If there's somewhere I haven't seen, I want to go see it. I want to go see it. I want to go smell it. I want to taste the food that's there. I want to meet the people there. You know? And so because I'm because I'm not planning to fit in all these things, I'm going to drive straight past somewhere that could be amazing. You know? That's always a fear of mine. It's something I've got to try and not think of because I think the benefits of not planning outweigh that. But that's something I'm always thinking of. Number seven. The last one. Not being in the moment, right? Not being in the moment. This is a fear of mine because I was thinking about this recently, right? So weirdly for me, I have kind of, so you know how I don't plan, right? So I don't plan, but I do have these kind of long-term plans in a sense, but they're not really plans. They're just like ideas. So I was thinking after this trip, because Sean was here and he was working out every day and he's a stud, man. He's like, he's ripped, he's shred durst, mate. You know, he's jacked Nicholson, right? And so, <laughs> and so I was thinking, man, I want to get jacked Nicholson, huge jacked man. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> and so my plan is, not really a plan, but after this trip, after this trip is over, I'm going to move to Brazil. Right. I've talked about it before, but I'm going to move to Brazil for at least six months. Right, I'm going to move there. And then every single day, I'm going to work out like an absolute king. I'm going to go hard, right? I'm just going to, I'm going to become, like I said, Jack Nicholson, right? And so, and so, yeah, that's my plan. I'm going to move to Brazil, right? And so in the last week or so, it's been stumbling across my mind every now and then, like, oh, this is going to be cool when I'm in Brazil. I'll do that. Oh, yeah, no, I can't wait to see that. This is all the while while I'm like a hundred meters from one of the nicest Portuguese beaches in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Portuguese beaches in the world. That makes no sense. But you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm not in the moment. I'm not here now. And the weird thing is the 
uh, hypocritical thing is, well, it's not hypocritical because it's a reminder, but so I have a lot of tattoos, right? You may know this, but I have one on my wrist where a watch should be, right? And because I, I always look to my wrist for the time, but I, I've never worn a watch, so I don't know why I do that. But but so I thought I'd make a watch. So instead of a watch, I have the words, aqui, agora, because I got it in Brazil as well. And that means here and now, and that's my watch. So every time I look at my wrist for the time, the time is here and now. The time is the present moment. It's time for you to be in the present moment. Let's look at what we're doing. Let's look at where we are, who we're with, what we can smell, taste, and see. And let's be here, right? So that's what that's about. And so, so yeah, being in the present moment. And also, another plan of mine is in Bulgaria and by house, right? Now, I know that sounds like I'm... Like I can, what can I talk? Now, I know that sounds like I'm a complete baller, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go buy a house over there. That's it. Oh, you know, I might just go buy a house, you know. Oh, it's nothing. Don't know why I'm cockney. But <laughs> but houses in Bulgaria are intensely cheap, like like so cheap you wouldn't believe it, right? So, <laughs> for example, and see, I like to I like to not build houses, but like me and my brother between us. We're tradesmen, like I said before. We can build houses. We can do the plumbing. We can do the electrics. We can paint it. We can do everything. So the plan is get a house in Bulgaria, paint it up, do an amazing gothic house. Yeah. I've already been looking at some gargoyles, right? <laughs> because you can get like a two-bed, three-bed with a little bit of a cellar, an attic, you know, maybe an outhouse as well. Outhouse, like a barn. Good bit of land on there, you know, amazing views. You're looking about 6,000 euros, maybe about 10,000 euros tops. I know right? Absolutely ridiculous. So that's a plan of mine. Like The reason they're so cheap is, well, there's a bunch of reasons, but like they need some work done, but I like to do the work. So that's the plan. I'm going to do that. And so I found myself on Amazon looking at these amazing, really cool gargoyles, right? For the side of the house, you know, on the eaves, you know, that's a part of the uh, roof. And so I was looking at these and I was thinking, oh, what color should I paint it? And again, all this time, I was a hundred meters away from yeah, Portuguese beach, you know what I'm saying? So I wasn't in the moment. I wasn't taking advantage of the time that I have now. I wasn't being aqui agora, right? And yes, I know Brazilian people that that is a Brazilian TV show from the past. <laughs> so that is always a fear of mine of not being in the moment. This is something I have to remember. So this is what you can imagine. That was the last one, by the way. You can imagine me creating this list, <laughs> like thinking, man, these these can't be the fears that a lot of people have. Like, Surely they must be. They must have these fears too. But that's that's why I looked at the list and I was like, man, these are language barriers? Like, you know, really? Weird food? <laughs> Maybe I was looking at the wrong lists, right? But uh, but yeah, those are my travel fears. And this is, uh, man, this is kind of fun being, what's the word? Being kind of vulnerable in a sense. Like these are the things that I'm that I'm scared of, especially that old bloke, man, old me. So, man, one of you guys needs to give me a name for that bloke, even though it's me, but it's not me because it's never going to be me. So someone give me a name for that bloke, right? Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on to some questions. Right, where are we? Open it up Instagram here. If you would like to send a question in, which I recommend that you do, then uh, go to Instagram, Backpack Digital. Backpack Digital. <laughs> it's fun answering them. So I'll get to a few today. Right, <sighs> sitting down. Okay, so we have one from, my name is Liam. We have one from Liam. Hey, mate, how you going? He's, oh, he's English. Hey, man. I noticed by the telephone number. Hi, Hayden, my name is Liam. Nice. I've listened to your podcasts for the past three months. Three months. Jesus, nice. And really enjoyed it. I'm embarking on a long, you can tell this guy's British. I'm embarking. I'm embarking on a long-term round trip. I know, see, this is the thing. I know that English people don't sound like that. I am one. But whenever I do an English person, I still do that. Okay, let's do, uh, yeah, where where was I? I'm embarking on a long-term trip. They don't sound like that either. I'm just going to do a normal voice. Uh, round Europe, starting with France. This sounds a lot like someone I know. And using work away and couch surfing to minimize expenses. Liam, you are a genius. We've been saying this, we, me, myself and I, we've been saying this on the podcast for a few, 
uh, maybe weeks now or a few months, I don't know. But like that is a way to minimize the expenses. Couch surfing is, let's see how much if you add that, carry the two, free, right? And then work away. So if you add that, carry the three divided by, that will actually earn you a bit of money possibly. So, <laughs> so that's an amazing way to do it. So congrats, that's amazing. I wanted to ask for your up and coming podcast. That's this one you're listening to now. If you haven't already recorded it, I hadn't. Uh, how important is travel insurance? Is it worth, oh dear, is it worth it or just just a pointless scam? Oh dear. And having an EHIC, oh dear, should cover the worst, question mark. Nearer the time, I'd love to speak to you over the phone to discuss a couple of concerns I have. Of course, only if you're happy to. Of course, I'm happy to. Of course, I'm happy to. I'm happy to any time at all. Right. Travel insurance. I knew this day would come. <laughs> I didn't want to believe it, but I knew this day would come. I, um, let me see. I've never, never, ever, 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 ever had travel insurance, right? This is a time when I, when I would say to maybe not take my advice. Maybe. I don't know. But I've never had travel insurance. I've never had any insurance, actually, that I wasn't legally, uh, like, had to have, obliged, I suppose, to have, you know, because this is getting into my opinions, but in my opinion, insurance isn't worth it, right? Now, it's, I know it's easy to, and this is, I used to work for a company, for a, uh, well, for a bloke in Australia, and we did insurance work with painting and decorating, right? And so then, like, you'd, you'd think that that would get me on the insurance side, because every day we were, we were doing like painting entire rooms when there was just like a little bit of a leak in the top corner, you know, that needed stain sealing, you know, but it's like, and they got the whole room done, you know, and then they got like, there's just, oh man, there's this one woman, right? So the, uh, the dishwasher, like, I don't know, the washing machine, not important. The washing machine broke and like flooded this bit of the floor that was in like the utility room, but the flooring was the same. Like it was one piece of kind of wooden flooring, not one piece, obviously throughout the, the whole of the bottom floor. And it was a massive house. And it was this like rare kind of uh, Indonesian wood or something that they got imported. And so, and so in order to match the wood in the utility, they had to obviously get it imported. The insurance company had to get it imported. This has nothing to do with travel. Uh, had to get it imported from uh, Indonesia, right? But they couldn't. And so what they had to do was replace the entire flooring <laughs> with a, a wood of at least the same value or better. So she got all new flooring just because of a thing. So you'd think that would get me, uh, you know, onto the insurance train, but I don't think it's a good thing. I think it can be. I think on the odd occasion, it very much can be. But, hmm. But I've never had it. I've never had it. Now, the reason I'm saying to not, maybe not take my advice, is uh, is that because I know that if I say, yeah, I've never used it, nah, don't worry about it, son, then I know you won't get it, and then something terrible will happen, and, <laughs> and then you'll wish you had insurance, and then you'll call me up because you have my number, <laughs> and you'll say, man, what did you do? You owe me a leg, you know? <laughs> so um, I do hope that doesn't happen, Liam. But um, yeah, so I've never used it. If you If you do want to look into it, then see oh man stay on course but what i don't like about it is the fact that they make a profit that's another thing that i don't like about it the fact that they make a profit like because in my mind all their job is is to weasel out of it <laughs> man we're really getting into it now but like have you ever made an insurance claim like if you not just you Liam, i'm talking to everyone but if you've made an insurance claim in the past before then you go, hey, this thing happened that's like obviously covered, so sort me out, yeah. And they go, well, you know, we would, but uh, did, you know, was this the circumstance? And you go, you go, no, 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 this circumstance. And they go, well, we'd really love to help you out, but unfortunately we can't. And so they just try and weasel out of it, you know, but meanwhile you still obviously pay your money month by month and they make a profit on it, right? If you do want to... <laughs> These are my opinions. If you do want to, please feel free to, to prove me wrong. But I know there are many stories of travel insurance helping people. So there you go. If you do want to do travel insurance, I've heard that World Nomads is good. I've heard that that's good. Again, good is subjective. <laughs> but I've heard that that is good. Me and, uh, me and Cody, actually, the composer, we had an idea about this, this kind of insurance thing that I was thinking about. Tell me what you guys think about this, right? But like, what was it like? Um, so... 
there's a bunch of these, a bunch of like five millionaires or something, right? This is like a real thing. Like Tim Ferriss is one of them, right? And there's a bunch of these guys. And so they say, right, we don't want to get insurance or anything like that. So what we'll do is we'll all put put like however much a month into a pot, right? And this will just be between us. We'll all put it into a pot, right? And then if something happens to one of us, you know, and it's it's genuinely a thing, you know, then they get the money from the pot. And it's based on good faith. It's based on everyone knows that they're going to be sorted if, if it's, you know, if something happens to them. And they know that no one's profiting on their money. And, you know, what I mean, their money is going to either to either help themselves, which is, you know, that's their money, or it's going to go help one of their friends, which is lovely. So we were thinking about this thing about travel insurance. Like, what if we got all these travelers together, right? And it was like an online thing or something like that. I haven't even had a, I haven't even had a coffee today. Why am I talking so fast? I do apologize if you're listening to this on like 1.5 or two times the speed. But right. And so everyone puts that like, you know, a monthly thing, a tenner a month or whatever into the pot. And then if one of them needs it, then, and we were trying to think of ways around like dishonesty and stuff, but you'd imagine that it'd work on good faith. But like, then like, hey, I'm, I'm in Thailand and I've, uh, you know, broken my leg or I'm in Thailand and I've lost my passport and I need to get a flight home or something like that. And then they bring their circumstance into the thing and then everyone looks at it and they go, yeah, you know, use the pot and then everyone can use the pot. So that was an idea we had. Someone take that and run with it. <laughs> Long answer to a short question, right? Let's go on to a, another question here. So, ooh, this is a long question. I'll try and make it a short answer. So this is from Yen.Turb, who I recently found out is from Queensland, Australia. Mm. So, hey, Aiden, me again. Love that. Uh, it always reminds me, see, no one not from the UK will uh, get this reference, but me again always reminds me of the head from Art Attack. It's me again, the head. I just finished up listening <laughs> to your last two podcasts. It's funny to hear the difference in your vocal energies when you have a guest with you to when you're doing a bit of a solo somber ramble. That is true. I imagine it would be pretty difficult to talk to yourself for half an hour out loud about a particular subject, but you have such a talent for doing it in a way that so fluently articulates your stream of consciousness. Consciousness. Well, thank you very much. I wholeheartedly disagree. <laughs> I think I go on too many tangents, but you know. Thank you very much. That's very nice of you. I thought I would swing you a message with my unsolicited, unsolicited opinion on what I think you were describing in your sick episode. That was an episode when I was sick. It was, yeah, it was not the best in my opinion. Uh, around the class levels in England and the feelings of discomfort some people experience when they do break out of a specific class level. What you were describing sounds like a thing called imposter syndrome. You're absolutely right. It's very similar, which apparently something like 70% of people experience were basically... so. Yeah, imposter syndrome, I'll, I'll get on to the rest of this, this message, but for those of you that don't know imposter well, in fact, I'll just read what she said about it, but yeah, it's it, very, very similar to that, um, where basically people who have worked hard to break out of their socio-economic, why can't I speak today, socio-economic class or progress in their career path, it's because I'm talking too fast, or even people that have just worked hard to do something they love, feel guilt or fraudulent for achieving success and breaking those barriers. It's a very real and super common phenomenon, phenomenon, there you go, that I think a lot of people experience, but it's not all too commonly known about or discussed. You're absolutely right. It's like everyone, they say everyone actually, but like you said, 70%, which is an awful lot. A lot of people feel this, like if you progress in something or like a lot of actors feel it, they feel like at any moment someone's going to go, hey, you, we've been looking for you. <laughs> You're around here pretending to be an actor. You're not like these people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a very, very similar thing. It's like, I think it's kind of mixed in with like that kind of roots thing I was talking about earlier, you know, being not being true to, to your roots and who you are. So, which is kind of mixed in again with imposter syndrome. You're right. Either way, she says, Interesting to think about, and I also wonder if this is why some people struggle to imagine themselves traveling, because big traveling companies, travel marketing, and social media influencers perpetuate this idea that to travel, you need to spend hundreds of dollars on a fancy-ass hotel rooms, drink 50 cocktails a day, and eat at super expano, expano restaurants to travel in a way that will be fulfilling. You're absolutely right. And I was, in fact, I was talking about this as well. It's like, yeah... The, the, this vision of travel that some people have and that a lot of people portray isn't exactly true. And it's like, 
yeah, the, the fear would, I think, definitely come from that. This should be a fear on one of these lists, goddammit. It's, it's like, I fear that I'm not the type of person that travels. I fear that, you know what I mean? It's like, I fear that I'm not that person. It's like a, a predetermined imposter syndrome in a sense. But you're absolutely right. And that isn't actually, well, in my opinion, travel. And pe all people's travels differ. I think it makes travel seem like something that is not attainable to the working class. And that, see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refrain from using profanity. But you know what I'm saying? Because I'm still imagining that old woman. Oh, he said he wasn't going to swear, and then he did. I used to like this Hayden Lee, but now he's gone into the gutter. Uh, and that sucks, she says. Please feel free to not include this on the podcast. Oh, too late. Because now I'm rambling, and I realize this is a ridiculously long and overworded messages. <laughs> nice. Uh, Instagram said my last message was too long, so I had to break the thing up. Yep. Last thing, I picked up this at, I picked this up at a, at a record fair sometime. <laughs> Why can't I talk last year and thought you would appreciate it's a UK first issue 1969 Easy Rider soundtrack. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's amazing. I need that in my life. I need to find one of those. I didn't know I wanted it, and now I do. Man, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right in everything you just said. <laughs> right. One last question. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. So we have one, Stan Danley's back. And this is one, I think I, I must have looked at it, but not, not read it. So I do apologize. I do that a lot. See, the thing is with me is I either reply in six seconds or six months. No in between. No in between. So where are we? Here we are. So uh, I love the most recent episode. He says, how do you get your podcasts to come out so clear and crisp? Aside from obviously the way I talk. I listen to audiobooks and podcasts seven days a week and you're on par with the guys who have expensive studios. Wow, that's that's really nice to hear. Thank you, man. As he says, moving away from the microphone and therefore making the compressor work harder. So <laughs> the reason is because I am a sound engineer. I am a sound designer. I am a executive producer, I think is my actual title, but it's it's my my day job, my once a day job. It's uh, it's what my degree's in, actually. Sound is my bag, you know? So it's what I do. I know which compressor to use. If you want to know, it's the CLA. Is it CLA or CL? CLA 76, which is part of the Waves Diamond Bundle on Logic Pro 10. <laughs> so the right compressor, the right EQs, make it sound good. I do make it hard for myself, but there you go. That's what I do. That's why. Thank you, by the way. And uh, so I had a little bit of a read of this earlier, so I'll I shall skip to the end. <laughs> and basically, what Stanley Stanley uh, Stan Stanley is asking is what. So it's like a, a travel. Uh, let's go into actually it was a travel based lifestyle project. There you go. Those are some words. So. He says, I don't have anything to offer you, but when I get there, so when he builds his you know, travel-based lifestyle project, what would make you say, this is worth my time, this is worth my effort? Me and my followers can get something out of this, right? What simplifies your life and adds value to it in a book slash blog? No, sorry, book. Oh, wow, that's so weird. That's some weird dyslexia. I've never had dyslexia before, but there you go. Blog slash book slash vlog slash podcast that isn't your own. So what simplifies your life? What is good in the travel space? Travel projects, travel lifestyle projects, stuff like that. This is a very good question. I've thought about this in the past as well. You know, what can I, because I think about people, I think about you guys, right? Some of you guys out there that want to travel. Some of you, some of you guys out there that are starting to travel. Some of you guys that, you know, you have some sort of problem, you know? And it's like, what can I do? I'm in a position to help. What can I do to help, you know? And so I've thought about what, you know, Exactly what I just said. What can I do? And man, I've been drawing a blank, man. I've been drawing a blank. I tell you what, stuff like, like couch surfing, right? Or that, that travel insurance thing I was saying about before, that's something you should do, man. The travel insurance thing, it's like, you know, built on kind of trust and stuff like that. We actually planned it out like, you know, a lot. So yeah, that type of thing where it's like kind of not crowdsourced, but it's like based on this kind of trust thing. It's like if anyone's ever been to Melbourne, Oh, I think they're going to Sydney now. Lentil is anything, right? It's like you go in there and it's like a buffet and like you've got volunteers there and stuff like that. And then you pay what you feel. 
and then they feed the homeless and then you know and if you're on hard times then you can eat for free obviously you don't have to pay but then you know you want to pay when you do have money it's based on trust it's based on goodwill anything like that i think will work well in the travel space because the thing about travel is is a lot of us are trying to do it on a budget a lot of us don't have a lot of money but if something that can if something can come along and help us that can help us with that then that's good. If something can be based on trust, much like couch surfing, you know, it provides free accommodation. That's an amazing benefit. And it's based on trust. Amazing. Something like that is absolutely perfect. That's the route that I would go down. That's that's what I would think. If you guys have it, like I said before in one of these last episodes, if you guys have any ideas for you know, for Stan Danley on that thing. So on, you know, a travel project that can help people. If you have any ideas, send them through. I'll send them his way and I'll send them, if anyone wants to do a travel project, I'll send them your way, you know. Let's get involved, man. Let's get involved. Same with Liam. Admittedly, I don't know a lot about travel insurance. I've never had it. Insurance in general, I've always seen is a bit weird. But if you have an experience for, with travel insurance, if you have an experience, a bad experience or a good experience with travel insurance, send them in, man. I'll send them to Liam, right? And we'll, uh, we'll start a conversation. You know, we'll start a conversation. If you have a story about imposter syndrome, send them in. Send them in. <sighs> Righty. How long have I been talking for now? It seems like a long time. Wow. We've gone over an hour. Okay. This is a new... Okay. And I talk fast. Man, that must be a lot of words. I do apologize. <laughs> right. This is me signing off for the day and for the week. If you want to get in touch with questions, then it's Instagram Backpack Digital. Talk to me on there. Send me some stuff. Thank you so much for listening. This has been, this has been, it's always fun. It's always fun. Next week, hopefully, if the weather is a little better, because you know my fear of cold, next week I'll be on my way to or in Madrid. I probably won't be. It's probably too cold. But there we go. I will talk to you guys next week, and I'll talk to a lot of you guys on Instagram. Cool. Speak to you guys later. Bye-bye.